Welcome into the January 24th edition of the Lockdown Leafs Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Maple Leafs getting back into the win column with a win over the New York Islanders. Johnny Tarana had himself one of his best games of the year against his former club. Um, he'll make an appearance in our three stars, I would imagine, Dave. I know he does mine. If he doesn't yours, then I... Really, I'm not sure if you watched this game or not because he was fantastic. We'll break it down um, and uh, a couple other house cleaning things to get to today in terms of what's going on in Leafland, including a couple of lease prospects that made the long list for the Hobie Baker Award. So we'll tell you who those guys are as well. All that more coming up on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Lease Podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it is my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Lease is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. We're also up on YouTube as well, so you can check out the video version of the podcast up on YouTube. Uh, hit subscribe, hit the little notification bell so that you know when we put out new videos each and every day, Monday through Friday. Um, yeah, it's all Leafs all the time. So if you are a member of Leafs Nation, hopefully you become a member and a family member of uh, the Lockdown Leafs family. Uh, I can also tell you that the, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And if you would have uh, placed a puck line wager on the Maple Leafs on FanDuel this morning, you would have came out victorious as the Maple Leafs did defeat the New York Islanders by a score of 5-2, to two, David. It was a really weird game at first. Like, it was such a, a sleepy start to this one. I was I was down there. I was up in the press box sitting next to uh, TSN Zone Mark Masters. And we were just sitting there basically snoozing for the first, like, 15 minutes of that game. It was just so bizarre. And I don't know if it was talked about on the broadcast because, obviously, I was watching the game. Did you guys happen to notice the amount of snow buildup? that there was in that first period. Yeah, they show they even showed it like the the guys who were like picking up the stuff. I'm just like, is it Dude, they, they had to go back and like dump some out and bring a fresh tub because they filled up the buckets. I've never seen that before in my life. They I know were we're like getting 14 minutes without a whistle and there was no TV timeouts until like the 248 mark of the first period. It was the first time they were able to get out there for a little bit of a a, a shovel. It was insane. I know we're getting a big snowstorm in Toronto, but like, come on, like, yes. I've never seen that much. Like, I've, obviously, we've seen delays on them trying to fix the ice and stuff. I don't think I've ever seen them have to like do multiple trips to get that much snow off the ice. Me either. It was, uh, it was, it was definitely a first. But uh, so that was kind of a a big lull to start the game for the Maple Leafs, and then they allowed that goal late in the first period. And then Sheldon Keefe switches up the lines. Matthews, Marner, and Bunting get put together. Nylander drops down to the second line with Tavares and Callie Yarncroke. And uh, 
I mean, it sparked life into this team. That was a very impressive second period out of the Toronto Maple Leafs. They were up 4-2 by the end of it, added one more for uh, for good measures in the third period with an Austin Matthews goal. Um, and 5-2 was, uh, was the final. Samsonov was excellent again. He got his third straight start in this game tonight. And, I mean, we'll see if he can keep it rolling and see if he gets another one. But uh, overall, Dave, your, your thoughts on uh, on the Leafs win tonight? I mean, it was, I thought it was solid. It wasn't looking so hot in the first period. But whatever, Sheldon, I mean, obviously uh, the, the move to mix up the lineups was obviously the right call. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just a totally different team in the second and third period. And to put up that many five goals on Ely Sorokin is nothing to snuff about. He's an excellent goaltender. Leafs have had their issues of getting um, pucks in past elite goaltenders at times. But the, the thing that I loved about the response after the line change was it was clear that the top two lines were not gelling the last few games, like especially in Montreal. Like, I, I think this wasn't just a reaction based off of this game. I think he saw Sheldon Keefe must have seen something from the last game to say, okay, we need to mix things up here because our top lines are not really getting much going right now. Yeah, it'd been a little stale. It, it had been a little stale the last little bit. Like, Willie, I think, you know, I know he had the, the game winner in the Florida game, and, you know, that was big for him, but... In between, you know, he kind of gone silent a little bit. Obviously, Austin Matthews is doing his thing. He's been terrific. But in terms of, like, the chemistry and, and these guys being super dominant, um, it had gone a tiny bit stale, I guess you could say. And it, it made sense, I think, after such a sleepy first period to inject some life into this lineup to make that coaching change. So that's a, that's a solid on Sheldon Keefe for knowing how to press his team's buttons and get the best out of them. You make that subtle change, and all of a sudden, Willie, who, funny enough, Mark Masters and I are sitting there saying, like, ah, Willie's not playing well tonight in the first period. Ends the game with four points. <laughs> like, scores the scores the first goal of the game for the Maple Leafs. Made a couple of beautiful, beautiful plays, um, you know, to set up John Tavares and then the flip pass up to Kyle Yarncroft. Like, he, he honestly was creative tonight and, and really, I mean, was a big well, – probably the main reason why the team won tonight funny enough um but would yeah all-star worthy performance i would say that probably would be considered an all-star worthy performance i mean the guys what's he on pace for now what what did he get up to today i think he's on pace for like 95 points this guy Nylander, i think uh elite prospects nowadays has the uh has the pace pace number there for uh players but like he scored his 26 goals of the season tonight got 26 goals the guy on the year he's on pace for 41 goals 89 points that's not including tonight actually so if you conclude tonight that'd be 44 and i think 90 some odd points is what he'd be projected for tonight or this season just silly yeah. just he it's funny because they asked them after the game about the, I mean, I know we're probably going to get into this a little bit later, but like, I just like how he's, he's taken his game. He's not taking his game to another level. It's just, it's the consistency of which he is putting up this many points. And 
this is the type of Nylander that they're going to need if they want to be successful uh, in a playoff run, right? Mm-hmm. Matthews and Marner are going to get the tougher assignments. This is where Nylander can feast. And I love the instant chemistry he had with John Tavares. Like, the goal he scored. Tavares just nonchalantly with that back pass to Nylander. Like, that, those are two guys who haven't played together in a long time just continue to be on the same way, wavelength. That's, that's I think, a very crucial thing, and I do like that it's been – they can come back to it when they need to. Well, for a while last year, this this it wasn't working between those two, right? Like, that was a big issue last year, and it was more so – like, they're being outscored when they're out there on the ice, um, and that's not what you expect of, of a line that was making over 20 million bucks, I think, between – the three of them. So, um, I mean, I know that Yarncroc wasn't here was, you know, player X, but you know what I mean? Uh, they were, they were great tonight, honestly. And, and I wonder, we've had these, this conversation a couple of times the last few weeks, like it's time to reunite Marner and Matthews together and, you know, Willie and, and Tavares. And after a performance like this, I, I don't see why you don't run with it now. Like give it, give it a go. I think it's time to, to give it a go and see what you got because, you know, I thought that Willie and JT clearly showed some really good chemistry. Like you said, you know, on the, on the Nylander goal, Tavares, just a nifty little backhand pass to, uh, to, to, to Nylander. And then on Tavares's goal, right? Just a, a quick chip up for Tavares to skate onto it. And then he ends up putting it past the netminder. So, no, those guys showed some really good chemistry tonight for sure. And I think that, uh, I think Sheldon Keith probably will have, to think about whether or not he wants to roll with this going forward or if he's going to go back to, you know, what it was to begin the night. But I, I would think there's at least going to be a discussion going forward, what these lines will be like. And I guess we'll find out uh, tomorrow at practice um, what exactly it's, it's going to be. Uh, Samsonov was obviously excellent again. Um, we'll talk a little about that a little bit more on the other side. We get to our three stars of the game but first let me tell you guys that today's show sponsor is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for the Lockdown Network because they're the number one sports book in America and here in Canada. It's FanDuel and if you're new to FanDuel that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today and you can get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player pops, props. They even got the combine your bet feature for a chance to win bigger payouts with the same game parlays. Um, tonight, there was the same game parlay. Nylander and Austin Matthews both to record a point. It hit, ladies and gentlemen. And if you were there to make the wager, you definitely made out like a bandit on that one because they both put uh, put pucks in the back of the net. Uh, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, hockey fans, basketball fans, you won't want to miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On, uh, Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Locked On At Least Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morisuti. 
Uh, we are your hosts here at Locked on Leafs Toronto with a 5-2 win over the New York Islanders. And as we do after every single Maple Leafs victory, we go through our three stars of the game, David. Um, I'll kick things off. I kind of teed it up as we were entering this next segment. Uh, Ilya Samsonov, to me, was the third star for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let me just read you off a little bit of uh, deeper numbers stat pack. I mean, you can look at the easy stat. That's obviously 31 saves he made tonight, 31 of 33 um, stops, which is pretty darn good, obviously, for for any goaltender um, to, to you know do that. It's a 939 save percentage. You say it's a pretty tidy evening for a goaltender. But if you look deeper into, into the numbers, into the analytic stats, um, things look even better for Ilya Samsonov. Like, the numbers don't show favorably for Toronto, funny enough, for a 5-2 win. And if you look at um, here, I can actually show you, flip you around here and, and show you guys exactly what I'm looking at, um, which also, you know, might be able to help those who are wondering exactly how you can track fancy stats and whatnot. So here's the heat map for tonight's game. And as you can see, very dark right in front of the goal. And this is where the New York Islanders were shooting the entire night right there. Um, wait. Uh, right there, uh, right at the goal mouth in front of Ilya Samsonov. And uh, he had an exceptional evening, obviously. And if you take a look at what his individual numbers were, the team's expected goals against for the Islanders today was f at all strengths. We'll look at uh, all situations. Expected goals for them was... 4.8 in allowed two goals. That's 2.8 goals saved above expected is uh, the numbers that he had tonight. Even look at the, right there. 27 high danger chances, 49 scoring chances that the Maple Leafs gave up. He had to stand tall on a lot of different opportunities tonight. And uh, it was a third straight start he got. He earned it, according to Sheldon Keefe. And, uh, well, did he earn another start, David? You think he earned another start? Do you think he'll start? the game against the Rangers on Wednesday after that performance. What do you think? I mean, I thought, I thought maybe they would have gone back with Matt Murray, but you ride the hot hand right now, ride the guy who's getting you wins. And I, 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 I think there's a case to be made. I mean, look, the guy has only lost one game at home all season. And it wasn't in regulation. And it, yeah, exactly. I, I would say ride the hot hand. Matt Murray's going to get back into the net. I have no doubt about that. But unless Elias Samsonov doesn't feel like he can handle the workload, keep him keep him going. Like just there's no reason to take him out right now. He's earned the chance to keep it going. Yeah. Um, if you didn't hear what Sheldon Keith had to say uh, this morning when talking about Elias Samsonov and talking about the the goaltending and his decision to go back to him. Um, you know, he talked about how earlier in the year when they were just going back and forth, it was more so because they both were, were well, it was a true tandem, I guess, in a battle, but also both coming off injury. And they just wanted to get them games, you know, get them both healthy, get them playing, get them confident. And now that they're in the back half of the season, Sheldon Keefe said it's it's time to, you know, challenge these guys and, and get a good look at somebody and, and, you know, ride with a hot hand when it comes. And Clearly, that's what he's doing here with Ilya Samsonov, who, uh, you know, it's his fourth straight appearance, third straight start, and we'll see if he can get another one. Um, 
and, and you know what? This is also good for Matt Murray because the last time we saw him, there's a lot of question marks about his his him technically, right? With the high glove issue. I mean, now he has a full week of practice, extra practice time with Curtis Sanford in the goalie department to try and correct and work on those things. And having a guy like Sansonov to go out there and start games in the meantime and still give you an opportunity to win, like that's a great thing for the Maple Leafs. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that Matt Murray isn't playing these games. I think it gives him an opportunity to maybe correct some of those issues that um, he had been having technically over the last little bit that we talked about on the podcast about a week ago after that Florida game where he got lit up four goals on eight shots. Um, anyway, so Sam Stout was my third star of the game. Who's your third star? I had him as well. I had Sam Stout as well. Like it, it, The other um, thing about with what Samsonov is doing right now is, sure, he lets in a goal that's just like, eh, not not doesn't look great um but it doesn't phase him i i remember when the leafs had signed him a lot somebody had told me when he lets in a bad goal it impacts him mentally and we're starting to see he's overcoming that because i think he has he has faith in the t in the leafs to help him overcome that you know i let in a bad goal but i know the guys in front of me are can get another goal to help me and i just need to worry but making that next save. He doesn't have to worry about allowing just one goal a night. He Sure, he would like to allow zero goals a night, but he knows that if he lets in one or two, his team can put up, you know, four or five goals on the other on the other goaltender. Yeah, like tonight, for example. Uh, all right, second star of the game for you, Dave. Second star, I'm going to give it to Timothy Lilligren. Oh, okay. I like it. Explain. He's he's just been solid ever since he's been paired with Morgan Riley. We've had the discussion of whether he can be a top four, not just a top four defense, a top pairing defenseman. It's still early. The sample size is not long enough just yet, but he continues to show that he's capable of stepping up in a role that many, many in his situation probably don't get that opportunity to be a part of. I just wanted to check one thing about his stats for tonight. I'll say this, though, Dave. Well, I'll say this. Go ahead. Him and Riley were terrible in the first period. They were. And then got separated <laughs> for the rest of the game. But I, I still think he was solid. And the one thing about it is at five on five, I think he's gone like six or seven games without allowing a goal while being on the ice at five on five. Or there's, there was something crazy like that where... Yeah, he, I saw that stab from Kevin Papetti earlier today. Yeah. And again, tonight, he did not allow a goal of 5-on-5. Five five. Now, I, I Sheldon Keefe obviously saw that something needed to change because that first period was a gong show. But I thought he was just... He still remains... I think he just remains such an important player. The stats may not have been looked favorably on him, but he made some big plays. When the team needed to settle things down, like there was a play where I think because he was playing with Giordano and Giordano kind of got caught flat footed. So, and they showed a replay on this actually. And he goes and he attacks the puck carry because he knows the puck here doesn't have support. So he's going to go, he's just making those intelligent plays. And they need to, and I, he needs to continue to do that. I think a lot of talk about whether they go and get a defenseman. 
look, if he can continue to play well, maybe you don't have to go out and spend a lot to go and get a defenseman at the trade deadline. Maybe you can save the assets for a bigger move in a position that maybe you need to make that bigger move for. Were you listening to me today on uh, Leafs Lunch? Potentially. Uh, okay. Okay. I was going to say, I was like, I asked Spike Johnson that exact question today. And uh, I didn't say no, but uh, he also did know maybe a Scott Mayfield might be an option. I kept an eye on Scott Mayfield tonight. There were some good plays. I'll, 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 let's have a Scott Mayfield chat after we do our three stars, actually, because he could be a Leafs target potentially. So maybe we can dive into that a little bit since he did play tonight and i did jot some notes down for just in case because i knew that he was kind of an interest of mine when it comes to the trade deadline uh so we'll, we'll, we'll detail on scott mayfield uh, in a little bit but uh my second star i, I want to give the john Tavares. i thought Tavares was excellent tonight um you know two points goal and a helper eight shots on goal two hits two blocks um, in just 15 24 of ice time so incredibly efficient as well um for for jt and then you know he, he's always money in the face off draws as well uh what was he tonight on face off dots actually let me take a peek or just not going to show me what he was in the face off dot oh he was terrible in the face off dot tonight 27 percent in the face off dot really very rare. very rare for for uh for John Tavares. Wow, that's very surprising, actually, that he was that poor in the dot tonight. But either way, the rest of the game was fantastic out of out of Tavares. I mean, look at the opening goal. That's that's as nice of, uh, you know, Willie putting that puck uh, above the shoulder of uh, either Sorokin. I mean, that's that's a goal that you, you got to clearly give some love to Austin to Matthews for or um, to John Tavares for. Like, he fights off Bavillier, who's basically on his back. Um, and then just able to protect the puck, use a stride, and then just kind of leave it for, for a trailing Nylander who just roofs it, 25th of the year. And then you look at the goal that he scored. Got on the Jets, Willie, with a nice little, I don't know what you want to call it, a touch pass or whatever it was. It was a nice play up to Willie from Samsonov. Also, we didn't even mention Samsonov's assist on that play. Um, a really nice play there. Uh, to John Tavares, who ends up scoring again on the breakaway, just u- using that speed. There's a story actually in the Athletic today. I'm not sure if you read it, but uh, Jonas Siegel put out a piece in his Monday uh, his Monday morning thoughts piece. If you guys have it, if you guys are, are um, subscribed to the Athletic, Jonas Siegel puts out a Monday morning Leaf report every single Monday, always chock full with really good information and notes um, that he's uncovered and, and some good stats and. Really good information. So I'd, I'd actually recommend everybody go and, and read those if you are subscribed to The Athletic. But one of the little nuggets that he had today was um, recently, uh, around the new year, John Tavares had uh, another skating session with his skating coach to try and get his uh, his skating back up to where it was at the beginning of the year. He'd felt that it slipped a little bit. And he went and he got uh, – uh, oh, I, I got to – I'm going to pull it up actually so I don't uh, forget his name because I believe he – said what the name is. He's now actually a, a member of the Maple Leafs training staff. Um, so he is kind of with the team, I suppose. Um, let me find exactly what his name is. But either way, it, it helped him get his his stride back, and it's helped him get a little bit of jump in this last, you know, few weeks. Like, would you say that these he went a little cold ahead of the new year? But since then, seems like the last couple of weeks he's had a bit more of a jump again, would you say? 
yeah, I think I think John Tavares has like you can you can tell when John Tavares is on, he's not a fast skater and he's never really gonna be a fast skater, but he is a strong skater. And I think that's there's there's really a difference in that, and that he is so hard to contain because he's so big and he's so strong on those skates. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I do you do notice when he is better because he's he's able to make those make able to make those plays. And I think tonight was a really good example of how much better he is when he just has a little bit of pop in those legs. Like again, the Bovillier play, that's just strength in the legs and power skating, allowing him to skate with the puck and also hold off a guy. And then he was able to pull away on that breakaway on a little touch pass from William Nylander. Just get those that little extra stride, those power skating um, techniques. Paul Matheson is the skating development consultant um, with Tavares, and uh, he said he wanted to pick me up um, and said, uh, you work out, you work on the habits consistently. Uh, those things seem to stick, whereas as the, oops, as the season goes on and the grind sets in, things that you work on in the offseason, they can start to break down and you lose touch with uh, with that after months and months and the weeks go on. He came on to talk about how I talked a lot about being lighter and launching and trying to use my power and develop the speed that I have from that. Naturally, I've always been kind of a, more of a wide-based guy. Um, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. So essentially, he just went on to talk about how um, he had a little mid-season re- refreshing refresher with, uh, with his skating coach, and it's kind of given him a little bit more of a, a boost these past little bit. So that's really good to see. And tonight, I think Sheldon Keefe even said after afterwards that it may have been his best game of the year. And I would concur. He was fantastic tonight, uh, along with, with his line mate, Will Nye, the Rashad guy, who is my number one star of the night. It's, I did a Tavares Nylander duo. I, I'm, oh, I, so you you cheated. You cheated. I'm taking you a cheated. page out of your playbook. You're the one that started this. So once no, you I don't cheat, know what you open you open the door for me to cheat. So yeah, yeah I open Pandora's box. If that, that's, fair. that's fair, that is completely fair. Um, because those there was a fantastic duo tonight. Those guys. Yeah, I they're they consistently just show. This is something that if it happened last year where those two were on along with Matthews and Marner, I don't think we're talking about a first round exit. Now, if Marner Matthews can get things together and if Nylander and Tavares can get something together, this is where you you can start to see the path and that the whole core four idea of those four guys, if they can get all four of them going, they can be such a dangerous, dangerous. This could be such a dangerous team. And it just really hasn't happened because we remember the start of the season, Nylander and Tavares were on Matthews and Marner were not. Then it kind of, okay. They move Willie with Mar- with Matthews, Marner with Tavares. And there was some, there was some success, but like we hadn't seen both lines dominant at the same time. Now, obviously they there's you got to split ice time and all those things but i think when you get all four of those like that those two duels uh dominant this team is just so unstoppable it's just and then there's and the difference in how these on how they operate and how they attack i think once the leafs get that that's what's going to make this team successful 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. And then I like what they've done with the bottom six too. Like, you know, guys who just kind of know their job, know their role. And um, you've got a third line who's a very hard checking energy line. They forecheck well. They kind of wear you down the offensive end. And, and you know, they do a good job of keeping drives alive, winning puck battles, drives like we're playing football, um, keeping offensive zone possessions alive, I guess would be the, the hockey term. Oh, there. There. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I dropped the football term in there. But, um, you know, they win a lot of puck battles and they keep it going. And, and long enough where it's like 30, 40 seconds, they're hemmed in the zone, then they're doing line changes. And all of a sudden you've got Matthews or – you know, you've got the Tavares Nylander line coming out over the boards, and now they're taking on a, a tired Islanders unit or whatever team they're playing. I mean, that's been really what the third and fourth line has been doing for a while now, which I think is 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 awesome, to be quite honest with you. So, um, yeah, I think the team, they've got four lines that they're really rolling right now, and they feel comfortable with, uh, with all four of those guys. But certainly tonight, the number one line wasn't necessarily Matthews and Marner. I, I, I agree with you. It was Nylander. And uh, and Tavares, I mean, four point night for Will Nylander. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty darn good for that guy. Um, so yeah, those are three stars for tonight's game. I mentioned uh, Scott Mayfield. Why don't we come back and talk about the potential of Scott Mayfield and if he should be on Kyle Dubas's radar with the trade deadline approaching? Big right shot, physical defenseman, kind of fits the bill. So we'll chat about it on the other side. But first, Dave, a word from one of our show sponsors. Yep, this is a product that I use every day, Athletic Greens. I wanted to find a way to simplify my daily routine, making sure that I'm doing everything right so that I can be healthier in 2023. And AG1 helps you with that. Just one scoop into a cup of water every day, and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, Whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things. Right now in the winter months, we're looking to, you know, make sure that we're not letting the winter hibernation affect us. So AG1 does help with that. It helps, uh, you know, with those who have many different lifestyles and are trying to help you know, not just one aspect of, of your, your health, but in many aspects. And with my pack, I came with the vitamin D drops, which are perfect, perfect for the winter time. But why, why should you consider Athletic Greens? Well, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company in 2020. AG, AG1 purchased carbon credits that support projects such as protecting old growth rainforests and many more. And for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry in the U.S. In 2020, AG donated 1.2 million meals to kids in, in 2020. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different supplements or pills to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit 
athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morsuti. Uh, Toronto with a 5-2 win over the New York Islanders tonight. And uh, taking the L was a lad named Scott Mayfield, who is uh, a defenseman for the New York Islanders. Um, he was someone who I kind of had my eye on today just because, you know, as the trade deadline approaches, we everyone's kind of has those players that you're – kind of looking at and and you're circling on some teams that pretty much are out of it saying they would be a good option for the Maple Leafs. That would fit on the blue line. That would fit in the top six. That cap structure works. Well, all of those boxes get checked with Scott Mayfield of the New York Islanders. I think that with this loss tonight, the Islanders, I mean, they've got one win in their last 10 games. They're going absolutely nowhere. They're way too far out of it. They've completely gone down a bad, bad road here. Um, I don't see them making the playoffs. So they would be best to probably sell a couple of pieces. And Scott Mayfield, like their only worthwhile piece to really sell. Um, I like Scott Mayfield as as a potential option for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, You know, he's a big physical defenseman and he can kill penalties and he's pretty cheap, makes just a, a little over a million dollars. He's an expiring UFA. Uh, w- what do you think about potentially Scott Mayfield being on the Leafs' radar, Dave? I like it. I-, I thought he would have been a good option last season, but the Islanders weren't exactly looking to move players that much. They, I don't even really know what they did at the deadline last year, if they really did anything. So like, it's clear this year that they're not making the playoffs, as you mentioned, and I just think that when you're looking at what this Leafs defense needs, a lot of people say, yeah, they could use an upgrade up top, um, you know, try to get a top pairing defenseman. There are not many options like that available, right? And we keep hearing a guy like Gavrikov out there and how the Leafs and the Oilers are two teams that are kind of near the top of the, of the list of, you know, destinations. I just think, can you maybe look at a Scott Mayfield, not the flashiest player, but does exactly what you need to do to win, right? Making the plays in the defensive zone that, you know, maybe other guys aren't providing or just even simply the depth. He can, He's played in the top four and, and on this Leafs team doesn't necessarily have to do that. So I think the cost would probably be a lot less than what a Gavrikov is supposed to would, would cost you considering Columbus is looking for what the David Savard sort of return for him. Yeah. So I don't think Scott Mayfield would, would, would necessarily be that. The, and the best thing too is his cap hit is very Leafs friendly. Yeah. Well. I think he makes just a million 50, I think is what the, uh, what the cap hit there is for, for Scott Mayfield. And, you know, there were some reports um, I saw on the weekend that the Maple Leafs aren't too keen on, on moving, either a first-round pick or their top prospect in Matthew Nyes in any deadline deal. And if that's the case, you're not going to go after a Bo Horvat or a Ryan O'Reilly or a Jacob Frickard or a Vladislav Gavrikov. You're going to have to go to kind of the B-level players, and I think that's where you 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 know look at a guy like Scott Mayfield instead. So uh, I'll tell you a little bit about him. Six foot five, 220 pounds, 
kills penalties, 51 games of playoff experience, has won playoff rounds twice as he gone to the conference finals. Um, and then you look at, you know, some some things that he did tonight that I liked, like on the on the penalty kill, just kind of a smart player, right? Does the little things, does a smart play, hips puck off the glass and out. You know, a couple times he was tying up sticks in front of the net. Um, one time Matthews was was in prime position right on the front of the goal mouth, and there was a centering pass, and Scott Mayfield, just a quick little stick lift, boom, Matthews negates that chance. He, he did a good job getting in shooting lanes when he was on the penalty kill, and there was the one play where he just bulldozed Tavares literally through the net, basically, um, just saying, get away from my goaltender. It's just that little nastiness that he brings, kind of in that Ilya Labushkin type of vein. Um, so I, I think Scott Mayfield would be a pretty good, solid addition for the Maple Leafs. And like you said, it's cheap. It fits in the cap structure. I don't think it would cost a, a whole uh, heck of a lot of money to, or a whole heck of a lot of a return for him. Like, I don't even know what it would cost to be quite honest with you, but maybe like a B prospect and, and a third, fourth round pick potentially. But it's not going to cost you a first. It's not going to cost you an A prospect either. So, you know, I think Scott Mayfield's a really interesting player um, and somebody who the Maple Leafs might look at if they're looking to add one of those depth defensemen and, and just something that they don't have, right? A big, mean, physical, right-handed, penalty-killing defensive defenseman. They just don't have that. I mean, Justin Hall is the closest that they have to what that is, right? So um, that's just another person, I suppose, that uh, you can add to the list of names that – intrigue us here on the lockdown these podcasts um i brought up matthew nice's name by the way while talking about scott mayfield um or just talking in general about the trade market and how the maple Leafs might not want to include him in any deal uh that they will be looking to make at this trade deadline and there was some news out there dave uh some really solid news about matthew nice he has made the short list now I, I guess actually they're calling it a long list. He's made the long list uh, for the Hobie Baker Award winner, which is for the top uh, NCAA men's college hockey player of the year. Basically, it's the MVP in uh, in the NCAA call, uh, collegiate ranks. Um, so Matthew Nyes was named. There's like 25 or 30 names uh, that were on the long list, and it'll be kind of cut down from there. So Matthew Nyes, 15 goals, 12 assists, 27 points in 26 games this year. Uh, he was nominated. And as was Ryan Tverberg, who is a player that the Maple Leafs drafted in the seventh round back in 2020, playing for the University of Connecticut, 11 goals, 11 assists for 22 points in 25 games. He was also put on the long list for the Hobie Baker Award. So they've got two prospects right now. Um, who are, I guess, vying for, you know, top player in the collegiate ranks down south. So, you know, for a team that uh, doesn't get a whole lot of, doesn't make a whole lot of first-round picks, and for a team that doesn't have any good prospects, as we're told all the time, not too shabby that they're able to find themselves two players to go down south and become, you know, some of the best in, in college hockey down the NCAA. Yeah, Um and and I know some people will look and say, well, look at the past Hobie Baker winners. It doesn't always mean those guys are going to be great NHL players. That's fair. But there's also been some very good NHL players that have won the Hobie Baker Award. Like the opposite can be said. Like Adam uh, Adam Fantilli is one of the um, 
as one of the nominees. He's expected to go top five at least if he goes up, maybe top three. Like I've I've heard he's like the other guy behind uh, Connor Bernard. Bob McKenzie um, called him, put him number two. Bob McKenzie put on his new list for TSN today, and he's the number two ranked player in the draft. And when Bobby Mack has somebody in a certain spot in the draft, you kind of take notice of it. Yeah, typically. Typically it works. I think Now, do I think Matthew Nice is going to win it? Very tough. Like There are some very good players on this list that, well, would you like to know some of the names who have won it in the past that might seem a little uh, well known, I guess, to a lot of our a lot of our uh, fans out there? So the award has been around since 1981, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go from 1981 and just just throw out some names, and you let me know if they went on to have a, a good career in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, George McPhee. Has won it back in 1982. George McPhee, uh, Tom Curvers is a name that uh, that a lot of people know. Paul Correa, hockey Hall of Famer. Brendan Morrison, Chris Drury, Ryan Miller, goaltender. Jordan Leopold had a number of successful seasons in the National Hockey League. Um, Matt Carl was a successful NHLer. And then you get into some of the the big names, Johnny of late. So of late, you know, I would say in the last 10 years, the NCAA has gotten way better and so many more um, players are sticking around and playing in the college ranks as opposed to coming and playing in the Canadian Hockey League in the OHL and the dub and the Q. You're getting a lot of guys going down south. So you'll notice that, you know, from 2014 onward, a lot of successful names um, that have won the Hobie Baker Award. So in 2014, Johnny Goudreau, Jack Eichel won in 2015, Jimmy VC in 2016, Will Butcher in 2017, Adam Gaudet in 2018, Kale McCarr won it in 2019, Scott Perunovich in 2020, Cole Caulfield won it in 2021, and then Maple Leafs goaltending prospect Dryden McKay won it a year ago in 2022. So you date back to 2014, each and every single one of these winners have turned out to be NHL players. And, I mean, some of them are like stars, like Goudreau, Eichel, McCarr, Caulfield. Those are stars in the National Hockey League. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty good that the Leafs have two guys that are on that list of potential winners. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's a great list to be a part of, especially, you know, Matthew Nye's plays for a very prestigious university as well. Um, I, I was a little surprised Logan Cooley wasn't uh, on the list. Um, I think, uh, what, Brock Faber was on the list, and there was another teammate of his. I think there was, what, three Golden Gophers on that list? I'm just actually trying to see. Uh, I think there was a third there, but. I, yeah, like it's a very, and I don't know if you saw. I mean, I, many of you probably follow um, a lot of the Leafs um, prospect. I call them like prospect experts. Prospect, uh, they yeah, like Tony like, Ferrari, um, yeah, uh, a whole bunch of Nick, guys. Nick, Nick, uh, Nick Richard, yeah, you know, a lot of friends of Kyle yeah, it's not Wheeler. 
uh, like they, I, I don't know if you guys saw the highlights of Matthew Nyes this weekend against Michigan, the top, arguably the top team in NCAA hockey, and he was dominant, like dominant performances. I can see why the Leafs would have pause. I know some people are just like, ah, but we don't know how he's going to do in the NHL. There's a lot of things to like, and you, it's a lot. It's a bit of a lottery ticket. My only, my only thing, the only way I'm trading a Matthew Nyes is if I'm getting not only immediate help, but someone that's going to be around for a little bit, right? Like someone that's going to fix up an issue is more a little bit more of a guarantee. But I'm, I'm, yeah. I, if Matthew Nyes is around after the deadline, I, I wouldn't be sad about that. I'd be pretty happy about it. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I'm. I will echo that. Where Matthew Nyes, I think, is the lone untouchable when it comes to trading for a rental. I think if you have someone who's under contract, and and then you know, I might be willing to talk a little. Like, I would probably be willing to include a Matthew Nyes in conversation for like a Jacob Chikrin type of player. I probably would be willing to go there. I would think. Yeah. Um, depending obviously on what else is included in that package. Like if it's, you know, Nyes, Sandine, Robertson, and a first, like that seems a little too much. But, you know, maybe two of those pieces potentially I'd be willing to to go, and, and Matthew Nyes would be, but not for like, you know, the Bo Horvats or, you know, obviously not a Scott Mayfield or uh, a Ryan O'Reilly. Like these pending UFAs, I'm, I'm not giving up. Matthew Nyes and what he could be for, you know, one potential playoff run here, considering how awful this team has played in the playoffs too. Yeah, so. and you see, and you see how some teams have made out when they've thrown all their chips into the basket. Florida is a good example, right? You gotta be, you can't, you can't go fully all in in the NHL because you need these picks and prospects to make sure your team doesn't fully tank out. Well, Tampa would say something else about that. But Tampa's always to get guys outside of the first round and second, even the second round to keep their team afloat. And they, they're not just making trades for rentals. They're making trades for guys who are sticking around for the long term. Yeah, like, no, yeah, that's, that's true. That That's the difference with Tampa. It's like everybody's just like, yeah, I don't mind living in Tampa, so I'll just take – Pennies on the dollar of what I would. Well, that well, there's that, but also like Coleman had an extra year on his deal, and they traded for him. So did um, I think Goudreau maybe even had an extra year on his deal. Yep, Barkley Goudreau had a year. I, th- I like really. I think the only Hagel had two extra years on his deal. I think the only rental Tampa's really paid up for was Savard. Yeah, I think so too. Everyone else has kind of been. You had two runs. Two yeah. runs and they won two cups with those guys, so it made sense. Mm-hmm. It made a lot of sense for those guys, except Hagel. Two first round picks for Hagel is still kind of questionable, yeah. but uh, I think he's got like 18 goals on the year too. So, I mean, he's not doing half bad himself over in uh, over in T Bay. But mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what uh, what the Maple Leafs do. We'll see what Kyle Dubas decides. But it doesn't sound like he's too keen on moving uh, Hobie Baker Award nominee. Matthew Nyes and uh, neither you or you or I, unless it's uh, you know a, a big name with term coming back the other way. All right, buddy, 
That'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked On These Podcasts on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow David at D underscore Morissuti. Also, you can follow the show at Mickey underscore Canuck. Leave a like and a comment down on uh, down on YouTube. Let us know. Are you willing to give up Matthew Nyes at the deadline this year? What would it take? to pry nyes if you were the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm curious what the fan base thinks there. Uh, all right, that does it for us here today. We've been back with another episode for y'all tomorrow. It's another game against a New York team. The Rangers are coming to town, Dave. The Rangers. So we'll tee that one up for y'all tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.